The following program was produced by a community producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the community producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. Good evening, and welcome to Malden 02148. I'm your guest host this evening, Ed Lucy, and I have uh, a guest that's familiar to many of you here in Malden, Greg Lucy, who is the city clerk. And, um, you know, the, the different titles for job descriptions in, in terms of not only Malden, but in general, you have a city treasurer, and you have a controller, and then you have someone who's the chief of staff for the mayor. And you have a, 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 such a responsible position as a city clerk, and it really doesn't sound the way it really means. Cause it, it, so we should really have a contest, not just for Malden, but across the state, about a new name for the city clerk's position. Okay, we'll work I'm on that. I just threw that out. <laughs> He's not expecting that. Well, g- glad, glad that you asked me to be on your show. As people probably know that have watched, I've been on wearing many hats, different <laughs> uh, things. Uh, and this will be the first time I'll be on as the city clerk, which I was actually uh, started a year ago today, August yeah, 19th. And we don't have a cake. We did, we're not expecting one. but um, and we don't even have water. Interesting for, for times. The, uh, interesting time yeah. to be the city clerk. And part of the reason uh, Greg is on for this evening is that uh, we have a primary coming up in uh, about two weeks. The interesting thing about the primary is that uh, generally it's after Labor Day. And this year, because of the way the calendar falls and the, and the first uh, Tuesday falls, uh, is the first day of the month. So yeah. it's actually the election is before Labor Day. You know, and, and, and uh, the thing about this year, this year we're, we're experiencing all new, new things and uh, learning how to do different things. One of the first things, when, when I saw the date, September 1st, as the primary, this was before the COVID really start, uh, came, my first thought was a strange day to have a primary because people really don't start focusing on elections till you know, at that time I'm thinking the kids go back to school and, you know, that, that sort of thing. And I thought September 1st was gonna, going to be a very extremely light turnout. Um, that was also before uh, there was a, a race in the Senate uh, for, for uh, Senator Markey's seat. But, you know, you kind of looked at the date and you said, if you picked any date, September 1st seems kind of early. People still aren't out of the summer yet. But as it turns out, no one really had a summer and... Uh, because of the mail-in voting, the, it's a huge uh, voter um, turnout uh, looking for ballots, and uh, we've been uh, straight out the last couple of weeks uh, getting ballots out to folks. Yeah, the other part about that, too, is that um, uh, sometimes the, the, the competition is uh, school vacations because if the election is the first Tuesday in September, generally Labor Day, which is, of course, the first Monday of the month, you'd have Labor Day, and people, in some instances, might be still away at the at their cottages, or the, they would have the final weekend away for the summer before things went back to normal, and then they would come back and they were thinking more about 
getting their kids ready for school, which would start the day after um, Labor Day or the two days after Labor Day. And all of a sudden you have um, not only the election coming before Labor Day, but it's also at a very critical time, as you just alluded to, in terms of the, the, the conditions that are existing. And that that's another reason why I wanted to have uh, Greg on this evening, because there's some confusion, and you see a lot of it on television when they and uh, they're talking about uh, people getting an opportunity for mail-in voting, as opposed to absentee ballot. Kind of, could you kind of explain basically the difference? Yeah. So, so anyways, so people, uh, you know, especially you, you have some um, naysayers about this whole process, but I can tell you, it's a safe way to vote. It's the only way to vote. Uh, given the current circumstances, and it's certainly because of the turnout, it's something to look at in future elections if possible. Um, so a, a mail-in vote is basically the same thing as an absentee vote ballot. It's the same thing. It's just called different. Absentee ballot sheet, there was three reasons why you could request an absentee ballot. If, uh, you know, it fell on a religious holiday, election day, you know, you were out of the city or you were sick. Uh, so those are the only three reasons you could get an absentee ballot. ballot. Mail-in voting is given the opportunity to every single resident, vo- resident voter not to use any of those three uh, excuses not to be able to participate on Election Day to receive a ballot. So what the state did, they took uh, the, the, all those little uh, cards that were sent out. They were sent out by the Secretary of State's office. They took every registered voter as of July 1st of 2020 and sent them the card. To, to you know to complete send it back to us in the clerk's office and we would send you the ballots I thought the card was great it was very simple easy to read you know the sign here there was a big red arrow you know there was only you, you had to choose if you were, because it's a primary coming up if you're an unenrolled voter which is used to be called an independent you'd have to pick a party or we don't know what kind of ballot to send you for the primary uh, we did have some cards come back that they didn't pick a party so of course, you know, what we did was our, our first uh, thing for us to do was to process the cards that were filled out correctly. So as of yesterday, uh, we have mailed out 6,300 ballots for mail-in voters, and there was 480 absentee uh, ballots. So those would have been people, some people get an absentee ballot every election, and they'd be on the list. So before the mail-in vote, and people did request absentees. So that's about 6,800 ballots that have already been mailed out, and we're still working on it. We may have seven or 800 of those, um, the mail-in voter application cards, still processing. But, we, you know, in the next day or two, we'll have those all complete. And then we, we're really caught up. And, um, you know, I, I have to take this opportunity. I, I think a lot of times with, with elections, people, even before the mail-in voting, you know, people don't understand it's not about just you mail-in, you, you know, you roll in a, bo- a voting booth. People vote, they go home, and they, you know, it's, it's, it's cut and dry. It can get complicated. It can get dicey. There's a lot of issues that come up. You have to, you have to find uh, over 100 poll workers, which is always an issue. Um, with the mail-in voting, um, we've worked, you know, and I, I have to take this opportunity to thank Carolyn Desiderio in my office, who's actually the register. She does the register of voters. Carolyn does an unbelievable job with this. You know, it's very complicated. You have to scan those cards. You have to register them with the state. You know, there's a process to it. She, she organizes the election day, the poll workers, and she's dedicated. She has a ton of energy. And, you know, start, things like this, when the, the, this much volume that we're dealing with in the last couple of weeks on these, getting these ballots out, um, 
she she it's she she's done an unbelievable job, and I just wanted to throw that out because, you know, it would have it would I I don't even know how we would have done it without her. I mean, she just does an incredible job. Because the other thing with that too is just packaging up those absentee ballots. You, the, what the state did, they sent you a kit. So there's an envelope, there's the ballot, and then there's instructions. We had to add the envelope that you put in the affidavit that you have to sign. But in that process, so, we, you know, if we're sending out 6,300 ballots, that's people sitting there. And we don't have an elections division, you know. So, you know, it's coming, at six, coming in the office at 6 in the morning. It's staying late, working Saturdays, working Sundays. You know, we had a couple great volunteers for two weeks that we that were able to come in and help us. And it's kind of like an assembly line. And, it, it, you know, for each ballot, you know, it's very robotic. It's monotonous. And you have to be careful because you don't want to send a Democratic ballot to a Republican you know, or libertarian. There's four different parties that are able to vote in this primary. There's Greenbow, Libertarian, Democratic, and Republican. We also have three representative, representative districts, so that's three different ballots because you have 5-2, which is in, you know, the, the Melrose District. You have Paul Donato, who has four wards in Malden, and then you have Steve Repaltrino, who has uh, 11, 10 or 11, whatever that number is. So each one of those ballots, whether it's Democrat or Republican, is a different ballot. So you have to be careful because it's, it's easy to go down the list, miss, miss the, uh, the party. You go in from 3-1, say that's, that's a Steve Altrino district, and the next label start 3-2. If, you, if you're not paying attention, all of a sudden Steve Altrino's people would be getting uh, Paul, Paul Donato as 3-2 ballot. So... It's a process. It's it's very monotonous, but we've done it. And um, you know, like I say, my hat goes off to Carolyn and Morgan Hunt and the people in my office. And the volunteers. And the volunteers have been great. <laughs> I keep on thinking they're not coming back, Ben, and they always do. Yeah, the um, you mentioned Libertarians and Green and Greenpeace Party. They they do they have a, a presidential candidate? Uh, well, it's only it's only the primary. So they they had they actually those are ballots I didn't even bring with me because they they don't, they don't have anyone on the ballot. Oh, um, you know even our Republican and Democratic ballots it's kind of light. Um, you know we have we have the Senate race with Markey and Kennedy which people are interested in in the Governor's Council race with Ter Terrence Karen Kennedy and I don't, I don't even know the challenger's name and um, they've been the look the rep in it, oh the rep in in, in rep Donato has uh, Nicole Mosselam challenging them but other than that you know it's a weak ballot so so if you if you look at the numbers that so far the, you know if we're talking if we're talking 6800 ballots we've sent out already and we still have you know we're still processing them so you know if we, if we get up to 7500 mail-in ballots we also have seven uh days of early voting starting this saturday so saturday and sunday this saturday and sunday at the senior center you can vote from 10 to 3 and then, and then on Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week, it will be 8 to 4. Tuesday will be 8 to 7, which kind of follows the city hall hours before. And then Friday would be the uh, seventh and final day. It would be 8 to 12. Yeah. Although, uh, I think, I, if I correctly, the, the schedule of the city hall for Friday, at least temporarily, is they're not open Friday. Right? Well, it's changed. But so we, we, we did the early voting uh, when we decided on the, uh, the dates and times. We did it by the old city hall schedule because we did, the, the new city hall schedule didn't start today until today. Yep. So they are closed Friday. It, it, it looks like that will be a permanent thing. Uh, what they, they're doing, and they're open an, an hour longer on, um, on Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 
8 to 5 instead of 8 to 4. Not Friday. Uh, not Thursday. Friday. I'm sorry. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, eight right. to five instead of eight to four. Tuesday still eight to seven, right. and it, and then they, it's 15 minutes earlier in the morning as well. The, um, the, the one of the things is you, when you talk about mail, uh, people received from the Secretary of State's office a card to see if they were interested in voting off uh, other than election day. Mm -hmm. That's 6,800 that you refer to. Let's talk about the 6,400. Those are the people that 6, respond. 6,300. 6,300. They, they, they're the ones that responded. But th all their ballots haven't come back yet, right? They've just indicated. No, the, yeah, yeah. Those are ballots we sent out. Yes. But, you know, I, I mean, I'm thinking if someone took the time to fill up the card and send in, they, you know, if they get the ballot, they're going to they're gonna fill it out and, you know, send it back. Yeah. The reason, uh, I, as a question, you'll get more people do, still sending the cards in because sometimes people don't yet, they tend to peter out over time, but you still probably get some coming in every, maybe every day. Well, yeah. So, so for instance, you know, we thought we were caught up because, yeah, in the beginning, we, you know, we got a ton of them over the weekend. So, we, we you know, Monday morning, we probably got 400 more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're also we have a we have a ballot box in the um, you know the other thing is you know as you go you you know because it's such so such unusual times you you try to adapt as as things come but we 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 weren't able to get an outside box uh, as a drop off ballot box for September but the plans are for November there will be a drop off box outside of City Hall that people can drop off there it's a secure location and it's secured underneath a camera. And people will be able to uh, drop their ballots off Monday through, you know, Monday all week long, all weekend long, you know, uh, 24 hours a day. Yeah. What we have done is because we weren't able to get one of those boxes in such a short time, we have put a, um, a ballot box in City Hall lobby at the new City Hall at 215 Pleasant Street. Everyone should get a look at that building. It's a beautiful building, something to be proud of. It won't let me in. The well, locked. well, we're close to the public, <laughs> but we're clo we are close to the public, but they're doing by appointment only. So you, that just started this week as well. So we're able to, if someone needs to get a birth certificate, pay a treasurer bill or, or something to do, you need to call, make an appointment. They can't let the public start, you know, you know, you know, just coming into the building because it just, because of what we're going through and uh, how the numbers are changing. We just can't do that. But if you can call City Hall, 397-7000. They'll make an appointment. They're trying to do them in 15-minute interviews, but at the city clerk's office, we've actually taken more than one or two at a time. I mean, we can, we can handle it. And uh, so anyway, so we put a ballot box in, inside the lobby of City Hall. So you don't need an appointment to drop off your ballot to put it in the box. All you have to do is there's a, there's a greeter at City Hall. They should see you. Just tell them you got a ballot. You don't need an appointment. The ballot's right there. You get right inside the door. You put the ballot in the ballot box, and we empty it out at night. So there is a way to do it. There's um, so much talk, and I, I think it's unfair about the post office and will they be able to deliver uh, the mail. So, the, you know, there's a lot of concerns. We, we get a ton of emails, phone calls now because people are concerned, you know, will their ballot be counted. I can assure you, you know, you know, the, um, you know we're getting them out. That's why we wanted to get out. We haven't even tracked the ballots coming back. So now... On the Secretary of State's website, you can actually track your ballot because everything's scanned. So when we get a ballot, say that uh, that uh, that voter card, we scan that in, so that gets in the system. So you can actually track your ballot on Secretary of like State. Like FedEx, or Amazon. Well, yeah, right, right. So so you can see did did, did we get the ballot? Yeah. Then it also tracks the ballot that coming back to us. 
The thing about the ballots coming back to us, and we st we've, we've gotten a lot of calls, we're more concerned like for this week to get all the ballots out. When they come back, that's when we'll start scanning the ballots that have come back, and then people will see that if we received it or not. Yeah. You know, as, as, we, as this conversation has evolved, uh, I was trying to think through, I think in the, in the state itself, you probably have maybe 3 million registered voters. It's probably about, because uh, uh, you've got s over 6 million residents. Marlin has... 32, th 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 almost 33,000 registered voters. Yeah, and that's more than 50% of the population. Mm -hmm. So right. give or take a, a few hundred thousand. So, and the, the Secretary of State sent ballots out to every registered voter across the state to start to serve the process. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you do the quick math. They, they spent... Um, over well over a million dollars just mailing out those notices to the people. I don't know if they only they were able to uh, the, the, that only cost the, the the same post as other than the bulk rate that you pay for a, a regular letter. But now when that comes in and the city mails out the ballot to the people, you mentioned you, instead of four hundred you send out six thousand plus. So th that's an expense you didn't anticipate. Right. So the, so so the the secretary's on uh, states on the hook for. The card's going out. Right. The city's on the hook for sending the ballots out. That's that's on the city. Right. And then the Secretary of State's on the hook for sending those ballots back because they have the posters prepaid on the envelope. So oh, out oh, of the three, out oh. of the three mailings, the city's city does is is you know the cost is on us on one. Oh, I see. Okay, because that that was my other question because in in um, in a, a normal set of circumstances, when you get an absentee ballot mailed to your home, as, as would be for those people who weren't going to be in the city on election day or they were ill, um, whatever, when the ballot was mailed out, it, w it was up to them to put the postage on the ballot to send it back, correct? Mm -hmm. So now, because of this system, the city's going to pay for that. Right. Well, the city would have paid for the absentee ballots, right. not the mail-in ballots. Right, right, right. right. Ballots. right. Uh, I, I, uh, but I, I think the number... Uh, I was talking to my good friend, uh, Rep. Altrino, when this was all being discussed in, in July with, you know, they were trying to find a system and who's going to pick up the cost. I think the Secretary of State, when the city in the, when the legislature was doing their budget, they were looking for $15 million to fund all this stuff. But could you have the printing costs, too? Printing costs. I mean, they do the, uh, like I say, they put the kit together. There's three items in that kit. Yeah. Uh, and it's all sorted. We have to add another envelope. Which is the aff the affidavit that ha the 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 ballot has to go in the affidavit. Yeah. Um, there's some cities that didn't put the envelope in the affidavit in. Easy enough to miss. You know they 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 got the packets, they mailed them out, not even realizing those affidavit envelopes might have come to them two or three weeks before they got all the kits. So you know that that's even when, when I say adding that, I'm sure w there's some ballots that we sent out, we may not include it only because. You know, label, label, put this here, get this here, put this here. You know, you, you, it's 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 kind of mind-numbing, and you can see where sometimes you may have skipped the envelope. So, you know, we, we had a couple people early on that came in to vote. Uh, they came to City Hall uh, yesterday that they didn't, got, they didn't receive an envelope. Few and far in between, but, you know, it's going to happen. There was just so many ballots that were done. In, in spite of the, the, all of this mailing system that was put in place to try and reach and touch everybody, that, that there was a prospective voter, do you still have people come in and over the counter to vote and say, I'm not going to be here that day? Uh, uh, well, not now because we can't, they can't get in City Hall anyways. Right. And so what happens, it's starting next Saturday. There's early voting. So if someone wanted to come to City Hall even before COVID last year and if early voting was going on, we'd just send them over to the senior center. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that, that just is a caveat, um, I th think if you use it, a mail-in vote or an absentee vote, then you couldn't change your mind because you had a reason maybe to change your mind about who you're going to vote for. I mean, that's your vote for that election, isn't that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought at one time years ago that if that they'd send the the absentee ballot to the to the precinct, but if the person happened to be in at home and decided to go down and vote, they would toss it out. Maybe I'm wrong. You can but. spoil it. Yeah, it's okay. called spoiling it. Yeah. Um, you know, but one of the one of the interesting in, in when when you know when I brought up, brought up about the un unenrolled vote voters sending back the cards without a party. You know, obviously we can't do with it. You know, in the in November everyone's getting the same ballot, so it'll be easy. We're not going to have all these rep ballot. You, you know, it's going to be the same ballot. Right. So, but on the unenrolled voters, we actually kept the cards aside because the other thing what we did we had God bless her, she's she's come in for two weeks now. She's putting all those cards in alphabetical order by precinct. Because we're going to get the phone calls. Who did people you just bless? Huh? Who did you bless? Uh, one of our great volunteers. What name? Nameless. Well, actually, MATV knows it. He knows it because it's Christine Murphy. Oh, okay. Christine Murphy. <laughs> Not from Emerald Street, Christine Murphy. Yeah. Christine Murphy from MATV. Yeah. So, so, uh, so, but we have the requirement that the state has us do. We don't have anything to do with. You don't have to do anything with those. She's actually sending them back out with a note, pick a party, because we can't do it for them. You can't call us up. But, you know, before I came here to get these ballots, she wasn't over the 110 because we're working out of 110 still for the, for the, uh, for the election only because we had everything set up. Even though our office is up now in the, in the new location of 215, I saw she had, you know, a box and a half of envelopes going out to people that didn't check the box unenrolled to give them another opportunity to pick a party so we can send them a ballot. Oh. You know, and that's not even quite, the state says don't you don't even have to do that, you know, but we're, we're doing it. Yeah. Uh, just as another aside, uh, which hasn't been mentioned, uh, this, the clerk's office, or that department that handles the election, which is going through all this stress this year, more than usual, with the last department to move into the new city we hall. <laughs> well, because our vault, they, did, they had to waterproof the vault because we have all those vital records. So we didn't we didn't move till um, Friday last Friday, so and some departments uh, been there at least a month, right? Well, yeah, they would have. Uh, some went in in July, J July first, but yeah. you know it was the type of thing they had. They had a weatherproof, uh, waterproof the vault, and uh, so we we were delayed. And we at one time at one point we were the only department over at one ten, and uh, I did say to uh, Ron Hogan, you know, this was probably two weeks ago. Look at you can't move us next Monday, which would have been. Not last Monday, the prior Monday. I said we'll see you after September because we're just, you know, we get we have four people in our office and we do have city clerk business. You know, we get a lot of stuff, so we still have to do that. And you know, to do this and move, uh, it's, it's quite a chore. But you know, we we decided we could, we could do it on Friday. We got there over there Friday, did some stuff over the weekend. You know, this morning come in, emptied some more blocks out, just so uh, or last Monday just to be functional. And uh, we're functional, and we're almost all all moved in now. Yeah. One clarification is, and uh, years gone by when they used to have the independent voter, who is now the unenrolled voter. Same thing, yeah. Yeah, is that some people bypass primaries because, in their mind, their the sense of the way they should vote would be the once the, the dust has settled and people are picked, they can pick from either party. So they would they wouldn't vote in primaries. But now that unenrolled. 
As a matter of fact, if, if my memory serves me correct, there are more unenrolled voters there now than there are there uh, either Republican or Democrats. And some of that, I think, if you check the the, the the d- demographics, you find a, a lot of the younger people go in as unenrolled rather than the party designation. Mm. But those people that have that voted um, who are unenrolled that you were talking about that forgot to in- indicate which which ballot they wanted, uh, that becomes their party unless they change it. Correct? No, they stay unenrolled. Oh, they used to have to. Uh, no, no. Well, well, no. They 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 because it's mail in. You know the mail-in stuff. They're just getting the ballot they requested. And we're not. We don't have to change anyone back. But we're not changing anyone's party. They stay as unenrolled. Oh, I see that. Well, and uh, is that just for the, because it was the procedure being done this year is different from the standard one? No, you, they don't get changed. They they they, they get st- they would get stayed as that, even if they were going to a polling place. Yeah. They can take a Democratic be an unenrolled party. Right. It isn't like you make them a Democrat and they have to have to have to change their party back to unenrolled. They're unenrolled, so they, they can choose any party. So, so they stay that way. Well, at one time, if if you uh, were unenrolled, and you and you went voted in the primary, you'd have to. Uh, there were forms, as you said, at the at the polling place, or you could go to city hall after the fact. Oh, too complicated. Yeah, yeah then you'd have to unenroll yourself. Otherwise, you'd be down as a D or an R, and then you'd have. It, you wouldn't be unenrolled any longer. Yeah, no, no, that, that would be that would be very complicated. Well, I mean, that's you, the way you, it was before. Yeah, you're unenrolled. You know, you can pick, you can choose Democrat one year, Republican the next, whatever you, whatever your fancy is that primary. I see. That's the well, that makes you independent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I, ha- I I do have to stress to anyone's watching out there the, uh, it's the safe way to vote, and uh, you know we, we've already started working on election day. Uh, you know, I don't know what kind of turnout we're going to get the, the actual day, September 1st. I think by the time we count all these votes or get all these votes in, I'm not so sure how many votes voters are going to be left, so I think it'll be a light turnout. But, you know, the interesting thing was, you know, a couple of weeks ago, when you looked at it, we were going into buildings that haven't been opened. So there's uh, six schools that we vote in. There's um, uh, three senior centers, which the city has no control over. There's one, uh, the charter school, which there was no control over, in the Irish American. So, you know, and the Irish American hasn't even had uh, been having functions. So, it, it, you know, it, it, we had to check with all these places, not so much the schools because, you know, we, 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 what we're, tra- we're, we're condensing everything, trying to get every, we're doing it very safe, sanitation, you know, the, the, um, the social distances. We're going to try to get people, or the, the goal is to get people coming in one way, going out the next. But... You know, like the Irish American, you know, when I called Billy Hart down, the Irish American, couldn't have been nicer. All said, we're not going to be in the little room. We're going to go in the big room just because it's bigger area, which makes sense. Uh, you know, Salem would, last election, we voted on Salem Street on that little music room, but that's not big enough. So we're going to go back into the back, into the field house, the cafeteria. So that's a change. Other than that, the polling places are, gonna, are going to stay the same. And uh, I've been working with Steve Finn and the Housing Authority. You know, his guys at each building, the Suffolk Man of 89 Pearl and um, uh, 89 Pearl, uh, no, 630 Salem Street. Oh. Uh, you know, we, we, we're very conscious uh, conscious of the residents. So like 630 Salem Street, we're gonna, we'll do it in a way that the residents can come in one door and, uh, you know, through down their elevator this way. And then the only voting to go through would be Columbia Street. So there's not, and we're going to do one at a time, you know, so there's not going to be a whole bunch of people in the polling locations. The voting booths, it's going to be every voting, every other voting booth will be, you can't, 
because they kind of have to put them together because that's they latch it you know they that's how they stay stay upright but you know be every other yeah. ball, ballot box you know the pens will be sanitation you know everyone needs a face mask the workers will have sneeze guards face masks uh, so we're taking all the precautions and you know it's it's a different different it will be different type of election but you know we're, we're taking all all what we need to do and I just want to again Voting by mail is safe. It's the way to go. And if you come to the polls, it's going to be safe as well. Um, as, as you were saying, that la part of the last statement, I was thinking my own ex uh, experience in voting, you go to a table where uh, you have two people generally in front as you come in, and they've split the precinct, and each has half, but they sit next to each other. You're going to have to two separate tables. them? Two, two tables. Oh, two tables. Okay. Yeah, they're going to be yeah. two tables. We did kind of luck out that way because the state, when they, when, they came, when they came down with the rules, because a lot of things we do, it's not the city of Malden deciding what, okay, we're going to do it this way. The state has certain requirements. So one of the things they did on the poll workers were, and, one of the, and you know all the times, like poll workers, you get the list, who calls in sick that day, who's not coming down, man and po you know, to man the polls, you're moving bodies around. It's, 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 it's usually the most aggravating part of the day, trying to get that set up. But the state, there's two people at the end of the, where the ballot, you know, the ballot actually gets put in. They're called the checkout counters. So right. you, you kind of check in your name here, check out here. So the state said these two people are not required this year. Oh. So, so it was 32 less people. Because we got 16 precincts, 30, 32 people, um, 32 less people, which was huge for us. Because that was the person that gave you the sticker says I voted. I voted, <laughs> but you know you can still get a sticker, but someone's not going to hand it to you. But but just logistically that day, oh. and you know when we start thinking, you know if it's hard enough to get poll workers when nothing's going over, can you imagine the the the, the, the poll worker and this most poll workers are are older, you know, 60 or older. You know, you, you have some that aren't, but, you know, that's for the, that's that's the kind of the profile of a poll worker. And you could understand why, you know, if it was a busy polling place, why they're saying, I think I'll skip this year, yeah. you know. Well, there, there'd be some health concerns, so even something that would think poll workers, family members would, have, would tell, discourage that, them from oh yeah, doing it. that happens too. Yeah. But, but the 32 less workers that day, is, is, it was a kind yeah. of, it was a godsend to us. Yeah, yeah. So as of now, it appears that you're fully staffed, you don't... Uh, yeah, I was talking to Caroline this morning. As of today, we have all the polling places. Uh, and, and the interesting thing is, you know, one of the things we've been trying to do is outreach to bilingual poll workers. And we actually, it's, you know, again, that's another struggle. But, you know, we've actually got some applications of some some younger poll workers, and they were bilingual. Yeah, and they were, the, the, so even though they don't necessarily live in a precinct where there's a, a, an influx of, Minorities recently able to vote, they could be assigned there anyway. Yeah. So the the goal with goal with say a, a, a Chinese poll worker would be, and this is what this is the goal we're shooting for. It's probably a little bit lofty, but you might as well have lofty goals. Is to get sixteen, you know, bilingual uh, poll workers, and you have one on every precinct. Yeah. Uh, we get some people that say they're volunteer, but to me, you know, to, we we appreciate it. But, you know, a volunteer could be two hours, could be three hours. It's sporadic. You know, whereas a poll worker will pay you, but you'll pay, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll work the regular day that the regular poll worker, you know, does. And, you know, that I think that would, could solve a lot of issues on Election Day when there's a language barrier. Yeah. Nothing to do with the city clerk's office, but uh, it, would, it would seem to me, based on the, on the stipends that is paid to a poll worker, separate from the, maybe the supervisors, 
that if you calculated the number of hours they work and the amount that they're paid, it's less than $15 an hour. It is, and, and we're working on that. Actually, um, uh, Councilor Murphy and uh, the mayor, uh, I'm actually uh, getting some data of, um, of poll workers' uh, uh, pay in, in the area. You know, I'll get a good group, 10 or 12 different cities, and uh, ho hopefully, and I, and I don't, I don't want to promise anything, but it's definitely going to get looked at, and it won't be September, but hopefully in future elections we can we can adjust that. And like I said, Con Council Murphy was uh, brought that up. We had talked about that last um, last spring, and then you know I, I have conversations with the mayor all the time about a lot of things, and this is one issue that you know he he has an interest in too. And as you know, as an ex-mayor. You know, the funding would have to come from the mayor's office. It wouldn't come from the city council. But if you had a councilor on board and, a, you know, a mayor willing to fund it, you know, it could work. It, it should be. It should yeah. be. Uh, I mean, the, the poor worker, the, uh, even even when you say supervisor, they only make $25 more than the inspector. But it's a long day. They have to get there an hour before the polls open. So they need they need to be there at 6. And, uh, you know, polls close at 8. Yeah. Um, if they're lucky, no complications. Well, I mean, right. the vote goes, but they don't always. So, they don't get out at eight. They have to still wind it down. Yeah. So the, a lot of the the inspectors they call the, the like the people checking off names. They may be able to get to go home, yeah. but the warden and the clerk, yeah. they generally stay. And you know, I, I know last election we were at uh, one polling location till eleven o'clock, trying to get you know to make sure the numbers. It's like being a bank clerk balancing your money. Yeah. yeah. So so we're trying to. You know, I, I, I mean, they'll never make a million dollars for the day, but yeah. I, I, I certainly think they're, they're in, you know, the mayor and certainly the council with, with Council Murphy and others, when they look at it, I think they'd be, they'd be okay to give them an increase. Yeah. I only, I really, the reason I brought that up is more just ironic that uh, politicians are constantly railing that, that nobody should work for uh, in the private sector for less than $15 an hour. Mm. That's an entry level in, in uh, hourly rate. Just walking through the door and getting hired, and I used to think to myself, the city, which is supposed to be reflective of the way things should get done, or just towns, as it were, um, don't even pay the people an election day that amount of money. And here they tell them private sector people, well, you have to pay, you should be paying fifteen dollars an hour. The person serves your coffee or or works at the counters or in retail. So anyway, it's kind of interesting that it's kind of ties to what's in the more in the mix in a way. Yeah, and it, uh, it really yeah, is, and yeah. I wouldn't say it if I and you know. Yeah. Don't act, don't don't quote me that you know it would be done by November, but that's that's what. Well, they'll take it out of your budget in the event that there's no money else to do. I don't it. know what we're gonna have, <laughs> but I'm sure they can find it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, uh, you know, it almost seems like this year, um, with all that you just mentioned, that, um, and I was thinking all those ballots that of people that respond to the cards. You may not get a lot of those people that actually vote that way. They just responded because the option was there, but for different reasons, they may not follow through. I doubt it. I, you know, I, I'm a firm believer. If they took the time to fill out that card, sign yeah. the card, and send it back to us, yeah. the, the the coming back to them, it's going to be the same process. You don't need to put a stamp on the envelope. You just have to. That's one big advantage. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so if they if they did it with the card, they'll do it with the ballot. And you know it's just interesting because you know we talked before. You look at what's on the, on the um, on the ballot. There's besides, of course, the Senate race. There's not really much on there, and usually that's that that's a sure sign for like a low turnout. But um, you know maybe people are getting in practice for November. I mean, you know I, I honestly believe what you know wh whatever which way you fall, 
if you don't, if you can't vote this November, I don't know what else is going to get you to vote, no matter which side you're on. But the very fact there isn't a lot of choice, well, of course, the Senate race is a factor, and it's sometimes a rep race because people identify at the, at, the, at the local level with the state rep. And uh, although I think from what you've indicated, the state rep from Melrose, who represents 5-2, is not much She's, on the, she she's unopposed. She's yeah. So that she, she's not on the—she has no opposition, so that's the reason why she wouldn't be, she wouldn't be listed. But the— uh, uh, over the course of time, efforts have been made on a, a direct or indir indirect basis to get people to register, to get people motivated to vote, and yet, um, in some instances, it, it doesn't really matter. People complain about, you know, certain individuals complain, and yet, when it comes time to vote, they just don't take the time to to do it. And now, how much easier could it be this year? Yeah, this, but but I I, I think just by the sheer volume that that's returned. The mail-in voting uh, works, you know, and, you know, as we, we were saying before we started now, where do we go from here with it? So, you know, some people, they, they, they're going to get used to this and say, hey, this is not bad. They're going to find out the post office is going to deliver it. There's not going to be an issue with it. You know, everything will get delivered. And they'll say, geez, I kind of like this. November t comes around, it's going to be the same thing, same way. Uh, kind of like it. Where does where does voting go? Does it does it stay with me? There's five states that do mail-in voting, from what my from what I understand. I mean, so it's not you know it's not it wouldn't be the first one to do it. I think it's Oregon has been doing it for years, I believe. Well, as a matter of fact, I thought one of the states tonight. I think it was Colorado, o o Oregon. I think you could vote online. Is that true? Well, I don't know. I haven't heard that. You haven't heard that. No. Well, what happens? Uh, and this is kind of what's the controversy is being generated. What happens if someone mails in now? I notice, um, as good as the post office is, um, I notice that in, in the where I live, that the, just a quick recap, for many years they had one person as a, as a, delivered the mail, and then they reorganized the route, and he was very good. And you know, uh, we were apparently must in the front part of the route because we'd get the mail by nine o'clock in the morning. Let's say and certainly nine thirty would be not uh, it would not be regular, but even be if it does, it would be maybe it was a bad weather day, it sort of thing. And then they reorganized the routes. He he didn't have my street any longer. The next person was someone from Malden. In fact, the first Mike was also from Malden and still is, as far as I know. And then the second person. Did the same thing. The mail came out on a regular basis. Then uh, he he stopped coming because I think he got hurt. In which case he took, he was on a leave for that reason. Since that time, the mail comes in. Uh, you'll get somebody for a week or two weeks, and um, the mail will come kind of around the same time. Like I didn't get any mail today. Uh, by the time I had left, so what I think probably would happen would be, they don't have someone to cover, so the, the person does an overtime after they do the regular route. And they must split a route and maybe it's a two different routes. So someone gets four hours and someone else does four hours and they do the route. So I'm assuming the mail that I, that I got today will be there when I come home. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm giving you a kind of a long story. But part of the thing with the post office is I've heard that what the dilemma is, they hire people. And there's constant signs in the post office. You go there, you're, you're, they're looking for people to go to work there. Oop.
It's probably Donald calling me for another check, and I'm not going to answer him, give him enough. But anyway. Um, well, I mean, the post office would, would be like any organization. I, I think there's 75,000. I was looking up some figures because I figured maybe we'd talk a little bit about the post office. I, I believe I saw 75,000 postal workers deliver mail countrywide. Yeah, that that so so if you had se if you were a company that had seventy five thousand, you have people take vacations at summertime, you know. So you're gonna get it. I mean, my mail guy is pretty pretty. You know, at twelve twelve thirty, when it's not there twelve twelve thirty, I know it's someone else. But he, he comes yeah, back. Yeah. He just you know could be uh, could be uh, could be on vacation. You know, at summertime. Well, and actually, uh, the, the rest of the thing I was going to mention is that f I could see for a younger person or even a person that's not young, but would be eligible. The post office is an opportunity for someone who doesn't have a profession or likes the outdoors or is is looking to get some kind of an element of security in there. Dogs coming after them. Yeah, and well, that, up hills yeah, and, I know uh, that they houses with uh, forty steps in them. Yeah, yeah. But however, <laughs> my understanding is that with the post office uh, and the job is, like I said, it isn't paying great, but it's paying more than fifteen dollars an hour to start with opportunities for promotion. They have a huge turnover, and I think well, what happens is the people that when they, whether they're men or women, when they get hired, they go through the in, the inductions and the uh, you know the educational process, and and uh, when they get out and do the, there's a lot of walking, and so there's all kinds of weather, and there's all and there's all yes, and there's dogs. Dog. But but don't you think the post office like every business has changed? I I think years ago you probably had people start out in the post office and retire from the post office. Now I know my mail guy. He he, he came from uh, from the, the the private world. You know, uh, he 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 he's Dave's probably uh, 50, in his late fifties. And how long? Two it, years. He's been there two years. Okay. Well, and, and, well, that again is a, is a, is an example of where um, it's it's an opportunity for for people who are sometimes work in industries where there's slack spot slack and they might get either laid off or cut down. They used to mm. overtime, and then there's certain times of the year there's no overtime, and all of a sudden it. It, it affects their their budget and their obligation, and yet, again, as getting back to what I understand with the post office, they have a big turnover because the people that come to work there sometimes don't realize it's just not a simple job. It's mm. a physical job, and it's it's also a job where um, um, you, you got to get out in the elements, good days and bad days, and you know you can't like skip a day because it's inconvenient. Another little fun fact for you, just because I was looking at things and. The idea that the post office, what, what is there, uh, 150 million people vote in the presidential election, roughly? Around there, was it 69, 62, maybe less. Maybe it's 130 million last in 2016. Yeah, that sounds about right. You know how many pieces of mail the post office delivers in a day? A lot. 472 million. And that's, and that's currently... Without the uh, before was even more because of the computers. And 472 emails, yeah. million pieces of mail. So, you know, if you hear people say, ah, oh, they can't keep up with it, it's not even a day's it's not even a day's worth of work. And if you think at one time at Christmas time, they probably did billions a day. Yeah. You know, Christmas cards and you know when people were sending out Christmas cards, say 10 years ago, they probably did a couple billion pieces of mail a day. So the idea that they wouldn't be able to handle. Uh, you know this this voting is 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 a bunch of malarkey. Well, no, no. <laughs> Unless you stop, if you don't give them, if you don't fund them, or you cut, you you take away their sorting machines like they seem to be doing, then 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 you may have issues. Yeah. But if they just would let them be, and run a post office like they've been doing it, you know, 
get us to November. If you have to give a little overtime, so be it. But the idea that this, 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 you know, the ballots are going to overwhelm them is just not true. No, that's not the thing. That you, well, but uh, what happens if someone? That, that was another, the other question I, was, I forgot to ask earlier. What happens? The election is on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. The people uh, drop the drop the mail drop in the mail a uh, Saturday or Sunday. The pickup is Monday, and it doesn't come in till Wednesday. No, the cards have to be in by the twenty sixth. The mail-in voting gets right stamped and read on those cards. They have to. They, we have to receive it by the twenty sixth. So if they, it's after that, they they just put it aside. They're not they're not, not you, counted. You, you, you would no no. You wouldn't even send, you wouldn't have time to send the ballot out. I mean, at that point, because election day. I you, mean, the ballot coming back, even if the card was. Uh, oh, ballots coming back. We we take them the day of the election. But what about the next day? No, it's too, it's too late. Well, because that's what they're talking about in other states. They, They'll be, they'll be they'll count ballots a day or two. And, or three. Unless the Secretary of State, like I say, Malden doesn't make make its own rules. If the Secretary of State came out and said, you know something, some of the mail's been slow. As long as it's been postmarked uh, September 1st or prior, count the ballot. I, I don't see them doing that. You know, I, I do think that if, if with all the concern and people are talking about it, people that wait to the last minute, you know, on some of this stuff, shame, you know, shame on you. You know, I mean, the card, I think, went out in July, you know, towards the end of the 20th of July or around there, 20, you know, somewhere around that figure. So if you put it in a drawer and you think about it like four weeks later and say, I think I'll mail it in, my suggestion is if if it's going to be late, take advantage of early voting at the senior center or show up at the polls. There's not going to be a long line at the polls. So No. Well, and as an aside from even that, the, uh, uh, the candidate for Senator Kennedy, he sent out a, he a, did. a flyer. Well, actually, it was like a, re, a reminder, this is what you can do. We actually got some of those back. You did. And out of we got a few. But out of the few, I'd say— He's, uh, he's going to be sorry to hear that. Well, there was only a few. <laughs> be, That's why he's going to yeah. be sorry. Well, uh, so, so out of the few, uh, there was a couple that were good, and most of them they had already done the mail-in voting. Oh, they had. But there was a couple that, you know, we took in. yeah. That's interesting because um, I thought it was a great idea, actually. Well, the results don't seem to suggest it worked That's out true. that well. well okay, <laughs> unless you had a lot like, of money to spend. Because I got one, me and my wife. I got one. Yeah, and so I, I looked at it. I go, huh, it's a pretty good idea. I don't know what it, I'm thinking. What will the work it's going to create on our end? You know, now we have to look up these people when they give it back that they already send one in. Yeah. Which we did, but there just wasn't that many. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't a great idea. Uh, on the on the Secretary of State sending out paper the the, 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 the cards, uh, what happened in situations as often would happen in any given period of time? People have already moved somewhere else. You, let's say what with no forwarding address. I mean, it's going to be like anything. They probably no. got some returns. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, I mean that's bound to happen. Yeah, but they, they would get them back to, to the. To we didn't get them, so they would they would have they would have got they, them. They were the sender. And there wouldn't be any kind of a follow-up at that point, right? No, no, God, no. no. I mean, you know, we, we can, you know, I can look on the city level, the amount of work, and I, I'm, I'm not just saying this to, to praise my department, but although they deserve the praise, we're just one little city. The Secretary of State is doing the whole state. Right. So you can imagine. I mean, they have a, they have a bigger workforce, right. which certainly helps, but um, you can imagine what they're, they're dealing with. Right. Other um, years ago, there, there, and this is way, way back, there have been controversies at a time, not just locally in Malden, but in other communities, where uh, um, 
absentee ballots. These are people would request them. They might be they might be in the hospital, but equally important, they might also at times be permanent residents in, in nursing homes and that sort of thing. And at one time, you had to notarize those ballots. Is that is that required no. at all anymore? You know about the notarized ballots. I certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that it, it's it, it gets back to what you're saying. It's just the, they're making the the process so easy for people, and you say, why don't these numbers go up? Why don't these numbers go up? Uh, the mail-in voting, the numbers went up. I mean, it's so maybe that's what you need to do. Whether it it continues every election remains to yeah. be seen. And in, in my own mind, sometimes when you what you just mentioned is that. Um, if you make it easy That's a for people, joke, the notary. yeah. The notary. Well, I've got something to say before the end of the hour, so stick around, people. If you're tired of talking about the election, but um, the, uh, the, the years ago they started to register um, uh, high school seniors more likely. Yeah, you can vote. You can register before you're 18. Yeah, so 17 years, I think, was yep. a, you could vote. You could register at the high school be that, and then of course, if you're off to college in the fall, as you would in a normal year. You just get an absentee ballot, so they don't even have to bother tracking you down or mailing it. Unfortunately, what would happen would be, in years ago, they would mail it to your house, and here you are in in Indiana or New York or somewhere else, and so it was in a, it was an ineffective system unless the people that were involved, whether in your family or the people that wanted your vote, they're running for office, would would ensure that you sent the the absentee ballot not to the home address where you registered, but the address you was as a college student was staying at at the time of the election. But so you, you register people at 17, even though they're not eligible to vote, but they would be eligible to vote by the time of the election. And now you've created a, an easier method. You don't have to, on absentee ballots, get notarized, which was eliminated. You now have the, this year, under very difficult and trying circumstances, you have um, a, a statewide effort to get votes, voters motivated to mail it in. And yet, in some respects, maybe the results won't show in the, in the bottom line in terms of the numbers of people, percentage-wise, that actually did turn around the vote. Well, but I, I think by the time Election Day comes comes in, looking at what we already have and what we got coming up, if you get in the high 20s percentage before September 1st that have already voted, it, it doesn't seem like much, but it, it's a huge uptick. Yeah. Then you have voting day. So if you can get, say, say if there's 35% of people vote in this election, it, believe it, it's a success. It's like a batting average being 300, right? Out of 1,000, it's a success. Success. But if you can have a state primary and you can get the vote with mail-in voting, no matter how much effort and work was put into it, if you can get it between 35 and 40 percent, I don't know, 40 percent may be high, but 35 percent or a little bit higher, I mean, it's been I, to me, it's a success. Well, you, would you have any numbers for four years ago for primary? Any kind of? I, a, I do. I, I wish you'd told me because I do have them because yeah. I've, I've I've looked at them. You know, like yeah. I told you, I looked at the last three three state elections in September. It was 5,600, uh, and i got to find out about that, yeah, in 5,314, 2014. The number of people that voted locally? Total in September. Oh, in, yeah. The total vote in September. So if you got 7,500, we're already, we'll take, we'll take two years ago, we're already 2,700 more votes than two years ago, and we haven't even opened the polls up. Yeah. One of the, I remember one of the years ago one of the uh, one of the uh, if your predecessor one of your predecessors uh, it said they could gauge the by the uh, the results of the of the final vote at the precincts 
by the, the, the level of activity of absentee voters. Mm. So there was a uh, there was so, sort of a, a ratio that you could predetermine with some some element of accuracy that if you got a, a low turnout of requests for absentee ballots, you got a low turnout at the polls. If you got if the numbers were upticked, then you'd you'd, you'd have a broader activity at the uh, at the poll, so yeah, Karen had an uncanny ability on a lot of things, and I, I know that's how she figured out. The, Yo, uh, oh, I'm get, you yeah. gave her name away, but that's yeah. right. She's the one I, I got the information. And then, and the newspapers used her interview, and she'd tell before the election that uh, she'd it'd be like like handicapping a um, <laughs> a horse race. She knew the the winner before, but at least she knew the numbers pretty well. Yeah, yeah. no doubt, yeah. no doubt. So, um, well, so far. You've moved. You're still working on a 110 as far as the election Just goes. Just say our election stuff. So we, yeah. we, we go there on weekends. We go there at night. We go there at 6 in the morning because yeah. we have everything there. They, I mean, we get pallets of ballots delivered. So to take that up to 215 at this point, what we'll do election day, when everyone comes back from the precincts with the voting machine and all that stuff, we have a room on the bottom floor yeah. that's dedicated yeah. to the election uh, you know, equipment. And so we'll take all the results at 2.15, and we'll, we'll start working out of there. We spend most of this hour on elections, but the, the city clerk, as it is true in other communities, it wears a lot of hats. So it's much broader responsibility as a position, it's difficult as it is this year with the election. What else are the kinds of things that you have to deal with on a regular basis as in, in that department? Well, one of the things, when, 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 I got, when I got it, when I was appointed, you know, I kept on hearing from people, oh, you were on the council for six years, you get how it works, you know, because the city clerk has a lot of interactions with the council, which it does. But that's only... That, you it certainly it, does it in the Zoom. No, not Zoom, but, but you still do the agendas, you do the minutes, you do, you know, do the subcommittee meetings. So you, you work with the council, the council president, Jadine Seek, has been great to work with. Um, so you, you, there is a lot of it, you know, going on with the council. But, I mean, it takes a lot of your time, but the percentage of what that is of your job is, isn't probably reflective on the time you spend on it. Because it's Tuesday nights, it, you know, it's, it's a lot of things... Um, you know, during the day with the with the individual councils, but you know we keep all the vital records. So so we get requests for uh, marriage, death certificates, birth certificates. We do all the business certificates. We do the dealer licenses. Um, you know, so there's a whole you know the FOIA requests. Liquor licenses. Well, we keep the minutes, but we don't yeah. we don't we don't do anything with the liquor license. But the Freedom of Information Act, uh, for, uh, you know, the public records requests. You know, that was some some I had no idea when I got there the time consuming. You know what that what that involves, it, and you know it's the type of thing where they changed the law in 2016, where you can you know get public records requests. So the idea was the city clerk is the keeper of records, so the city clerk should be the record, record supervisor. Which to me it it makes me laugh sometimes because 98 percent of the requests I don't have them in my office. You know, and you know we have some frequent flyers on the public records requests that you know I'm all for you know openness in government, and you know people should have access to public records, and I get it. But if you look at, you know, the course of the year, if you have, you know, 400 requests, say, public records requests, and out of the 400, there's three individuals that have requested 125 of the 400. Well, you know, to sit there and keep on asking public records requests, to me, the, the frequent flyers that are that bad, you know, what they're doing, it's, it's more, it's, it's just not fair because, you know, cities and towns, the departments, they're not made up of big staff. And, you know, this all takes staff away, and it's, it takes time. And to do these things and not do anything with the information, there's one in particular that you know comes to mind. You know, it keeps on getting the public records requests, and they're complicated. One request could be eight or ten different things. You know, it could be in the schools. It could be, 
it's just complicated. So since March, you, you don't even have a staff yet. doesn't slow down the public records request. So to me, it gets to be kind of a nuisance. You know, other than that, you know, 98% or 95%, 7%, they get answered. But there's just a couple frequent flies. It's, it, it was a real, in the beginning, I found it fr very frustrating because it was taking up a lot of my time. And I didn't have a lot of training on the system. And so, you know, I, I probably in the beginning, I didn't do a, a great job at it. I'm more familiar with it now, but... Um, you know, when you run the staff, uh, you, there's, there's a lot to the job. I, you know, I get asked a lot of questions, you know, that you have to find. You know, they, they, you know people can ask, you know, I got a question you may answer. What was the address of uh, Old City Hall on Main Street? Do you know the address on Main Street? 200? Well, I don't know. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't find anyone that knew the answer. Really? <laughs> yeah. Call the insurance agent. Yeah. So, so, so they, uh, That's you know. I'm serious. They would have records of. of <laughs> but, um. You know, so, so, so there's a lot going on. You know, there's, there's uh, you know, we're constantly, uh, you know, our, our phone doesn't stop ringing. We, next to the treasurer's office, we get the most walk-ins, I believe, you know, people coming up when City Hall was open. We have a constant flow of people. So, you know, you, you keep hopping, just, you know, get, get the busy actor trying to, trying to get people what they're looking for. I'll get you that information by 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. I asked some people that I was shocked. I asked people that, that had worked in that old City Hall that didn't even know the number. Yeah. I have uh, one other thing I was going to pass on to you if I can find it that I is brought it the with check? me. Huh? Is it the check I just saw? No, that's, a, a check? <laughs> that's an oldie. Um, this is, uh, uh, very quickly, is, uh, I, can't, uh, I'm, I don't consider myself a hoarder, but sometimes for different reasons I've, I've saved things over the years. I'm at a point now where I think, gee whiz, if you only have any real meaning is to me, and so rather burden someone else with the problem making decisions later, I hope it's much later. Um, but I came across this card, and it was an index card that's given out when you file a bill in the State House, and it's dated on February 27, 1978. So if you do the numbers, that's 40 plus years ago. And it was a bill filed, uh, House, House of Representative Bill 3467, filed by John Bussinger, who was a state rep from um, the Brookline, who was uh, there for a long time, uh, Edwin C. Lucy of Muldoon, and Ray Flynn of Boston, who at that time uh, was a state rep, but eventually became the mayor of Boston and the, the ambassador to the Vatican. And it was an investigation by a special commission, including members of the general court, relative to the feasibility of using a rotating system of rotaries, notaries to notarize absentee ballots cast by residents and nurses. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Good timing. So and I just, if I could say... I get these things all the time. Bringing about your state house. Last week I got a state house plate from uh, 1977. House plate 200. That was actually 78. It's 78. Fine. Whatever it is. <laughs> Unfortunately, it, that was the last year I was there. I was there very briefly. But anyway, I appreciate your comment, and I My hope pleasure. that people are, are paying attention to what we talked about tonight. And those people that missed it, pass it on to your friends and family and neighbors. That there's lots of other options other than September for us voting that day. Thanks again. By the way, Mike Sharon will be doing the show live next week or taped as we're doing it and filmed uh, during the afternoon and, and uh, run at night.